can 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 I get uh for uh for speak now TV vinyls? Thank you. Taylor Swift is like so gay. What's up, Gailers? Welcome to Prairie Goth, the podcast about how Taylor. What? What's up? What's? What's? Sorry. Let me get a. Let me try again. I want to get a. Cle- I want to get a clean one. Thank you. Let's get a good take. Okay. What's up, Gailers? Welcome to Prairie Goth, the podcast about how... Fuck, I don't think I can... I don't think I can do it. The podcast about... Let me just get that out. The podcast about how Taylor Taylor Swift is so gay. <laughs> What's up, Gailer? What's up... Okay, this is the last one, I promise. I promise. I'm so sorry. What's up, Gailers? Welcome to A Prairie God, the podcast about how Taylor Swift is so gay. All right, this whole thing, this is a, this is, this is a fucking mess already. I shouldn't be doing this. Uh, okay, this whole thing, this whole thing is yet another experiment. Hold on, my shit is fucked. My shit's fucked. Are we good? Yes? Okay. Alright, hopefully I'm not, hopefully I don't sound like shit. Probably sound like shit. Okay. So, uh, this is a, a different, trying a different experiment today. Uh, they tried to kill me, but... I cannot be killed. Thank you. And I'm back yet again. Where are my fucking note cards? Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, And I'm back once again, and we're trying a whole different experiment where the point is that I'm stupid. Instead of trying to learn things, what if I... What if it's okay that I'm dumb? Um, One thing that's really hard about podcasting for me is that... I am basically depressed all the time and I don't know what to, if I'm, if I'm depressed and I can't do anything, how would I even, there's no, no, I mean, I want to be able to, I want to be able to come in here when I'm like, be able to do something you know, it's like it, if the if if the point is to like record on a regular basis. Um, well, I don't even. What is the point even? I do want to record on a, a regular, a daily. Yeah, this is a daily podcast now. But um, the uh, uh, welcome into the daily galers um, and. But how would I, how, if I'm like thinking about, then 
how would I like come in here and like do I just need I need like a I want to have a few different approaches here so anyway um it's been what like three months or something since I've done anything for this but you know whatever I think it's better to just it's all right I'm back sorry not that I mean nobody cares it does it genuinely does not matter but um it doesn't I don't know it feels wrong when I'm not doing it felt wrong for for years felt so so bad it felt it felt so bad not podcasting for so many years oh fuck this is gonna make me depressed okay but anyway so I was doing really bad I did get some good stuff done I wrote a lot of songs but they're mostly like so negative that I don't think I can put them out it's like kind of the worst feeling like when you're depressed and you're like I need to write songs but then you write a song and it's like I, I feel good about this song but like the song would get me f- you know it's like a really bad feeling because then it really is like what is the point um anyway I I've been reading a, f- a few actually this is kind of one of the places I wanted to start I've been reading a, a few really good things um I've been reading some Chiron um friend of mine sent me a copy of uh on the heights of despair and it's like reading reading something that pessimistic nihilistic apocalyptic uh depressive whatever um I mean it's really a brilliant book but it's also like well it's insane that he wrote it when he was 22 um but like reading reading that is really like I it feels like one of the first times that I'm reading something that is like expressing some of my strongest, most extreme, most interior feelings, the feelings that I can't say, that I can't express, the things that um, are too dark to talk with anyone about. Uh, It's incredible. So that's been really fun. I'll probably kind of bring some more of that to the show uh, just because it's so... I'm finding it so inspiring, especially reading, like, such depressive shit when I'm, like, not depressed. And I don't know, it's... Also the emphasis on, like, contradiction and, like, all of these... I don't know, I'm finding it really, really helpful right now. And I've been getting outside a little bit more, swimming around went swimming one day. I was so sick. Uh, swimming, hiking. Smoke is coming back. So my lungs are fucked, which is not good, but getting outside and that's been, I think really good for my, uh, idiotic noggin. But yeah, I'm running out of albuterol. So I'm like probably gonna, probably gonna die from like lung problems so that's pretty cool and hopefully 
hopefully I can find a doctor who will like actually give me a new inhaler, but what is this world coming to? Okay. So the other cool thing that I've been reading is uh, Matt Farley's uh, fairly recent book. Did this come out this year? I don't remember if this came out this year or last year. It's called The Moturn Method. If you don't know who Matt Farley is, he's like, he's, he's the, he's the guy who wrote more than like 20,000 songs. Um, long time, long time inspiration of mine. And, uh, I really enjoyed this book and it's also, it's like very inspiring in a different way. And yeah, I mean, there's all these like short little, uh, short little, I guess like each chapter is like a, almost like a very short little essay on, on like a different aspect of the way he looks at, uh, art making and all that stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just like, um, it's really inspiring. Some of it I don't take, don't like necessarily entirely vibe with, but some of it is like, um, it really brings me back to some of the initial reasons that I found him so inspiring. And one of them is relevant kind of to, to yeah, one of them is relevant to what I'm going to try to do today. So this is uh, page seven. The, the little chapter title is Say Yes to Your Ideas. And the, 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 first, uh, the first sentence in this is, if you come up with an idea for a project, then you should treat that idea with the respect it deserves by following through on it. And then he kind of goes through and says, like, it doesn't matter what the idea is. It doesn't matter if it's... Um, if it's serious or if it's silly, if it's complicated, if it's simple, if uh, if you think it's like a really good idea or if it's something that like, um, he says, it could be something that you don't really want to do. But in all cases, you got to do it no matter what. And his reasoning is like, if you, if you don't, it's it's basically to like satisfy your brain that if you if you have an idea follow through on it treat it with respect your brain will keep giving you new ideas but if you don't if you don't listen to your brain your brain's going to stop giving you new ideas so you have to listen to your brain um, otherwise it's, it's kind of like your brain will sort of take your ideas hostage or something. And on one hand, I can say kind of from experience that that isn't necessarily true. Um, I have so many ideas that I've never followed through on and I'm getting more all the time. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. But I like, I like this as kind of a focus of, you know, say yes to your ideas, 
treat your treat your ideas with respect and for me i i think that everything i think all of my i think i'm stupid and all of my thoughts are stupid everything that i do every decision i make is stupid every uh every you know every attempt at making art whatever i make actually it turns out that the thing that i made was stupid my initial idea stupid um my life choices the things i want to do in my future all of it stupid i'm stupid top to bottom t to b dumbass uh now i don't want to believe that i don't ta- i try to challenge those ideas but that's what my brain is saying to me all the time and it sucks so if i i i like that because it helps me challenge that idea and say uh well even if even if it it actually it kind of like skirts around it where it's like even if the idea is stupid, you have to say yes to it. You got to do it. You have to do it. It's your idea, so you have to do it. It doesn't matter. It kind of like, it kind of, uh, it kind of um, rewires the uh, the the self the self critical part. And I think I think um, I think being self critical is good. I think there are very good times for that, but it can be hard for me to snap out of that, especially when I'm feeling really bad but truly like all the time i i i question absolutely everything i do from the uh the thing that i make to the motives to all of it you know uh i've just been sort of trained to be reflexive about hiding my thoughts and feelings and uh actions which in turn has made me psycho. So I'm going to this book for some, as in some ways a a guiding light, a manifesto, um, a way to retrain my brain and keep keep focused because I want to do the things that I want to do. So today... Well, the thing that I've been thinking about, this comes in a few different, this is on a few different levels. Um, I, I This this episode is kind of an experiment and I think like if I get through it and I'm like, nah, I'm not feeling it, maybe I will just like delete it or just like not do this thing that I'm thinking about. But whatever, I I figured I might as well at least uh, take the idea through this kind of first step and at least uh, at least act upon it a little bit to um, to satisfy my brain's requirements for uh, new idea generation or, or whatever. But I've been thinking about this. I've actually been kind of like thinking about this the whole time I've been in this like depressive state, which is... I want to hear everything. And this is a feeling 
that I've had since I was very young. And it's a feeling that continuously comes back to me throughout my life. And every once in a while, I kind of attempt attempt this. Um, I mean, I've heard like tens of thousands of different recordings, at least. And I, I, yeah, I always get overwhelmed or like I kind of, or lost in the sauce or I lose the plot or like whatever little uh, uh, trite phrase. Uh, I get kind of, I get, I, it overwhelms me. And then I'm like, what am I even, what am I fucking doing? Why? Why would I want, like, why, where, I, I, I lose, I lose uh, a sense of direction. And then I kind of like put that aside for a while. Eventually I come back to it and, or it starts gnawing at me again, this bug of, I want to hear everything. I want to hear everything. Like I want to hear everything. I want to hear all of the music. I want to hear all of the music ever made. Um, There's something about there's something kind of about that in in the Motern method also where like he uh, suggests like creating a uh, a goal that you that you can't attain. Um, yeah, ridiculous goals. This chapter, page thirty six, ridiculous goals. And he, he gives like an example of like for him, like maybe, maybe, uh, I guess he, well, he writes more songs in this, but you know, saying like, okay, this year I want to write 200 songs. And then you get to the end of the year and you've only written 45 and you might, um, he says you might feel like a failure. Um, and basically like that's, that's good, but, um, if you if you aim super high, even if you fail, like you're uh, still accomplishing a lot, and that you should that you should honestly and earnestly like aim for that. Like if you say like I'm gonna write 200 songs, you should aim for like completing 200 songs. But if you don't, then you've still accomplished something. So my ridiculous goal is hear everything. And I can't. No, like no one can. There's too much music. Um, but I can, I can still set a reasonable, like, like an actual, like, okay, everything, everything is impossible. And like, what would that even mean? But here's the here's the sort of second tier of that ridiculous goal. Um, the end of April and like into May, April twenty eighth to May fifth, I was uh, typing away, typing away, um, doing research, trying to consider the sort of pop canon and. Uh, 
you know, that can mean everything from like Taylor Swift to Slayer. Um, the stuff that has, uh, I was, I was searching through like various types of lists, whether it's like critical acclaim or, uh, bestsellers or like some combination. Um, and also like putting in some, you know, some of my personal like favorite kinds of, kinds of things and thinking like how, like if I if I want to hear everything but can't like what what is like a more measured but still ridiculous goal, and the spreadsheet that I uh, created because I'm a nerd has uh, two thousand nine hundred fifty four releases, like albums, whatever, and. Uh, I think that's still a ridiculous goal of like, could I, could I, um, on some level seriously engage with each one of these releases and like, in what way would I want to do that? Um, because like, I don't want to, I don't want to be. Like, I'm not trying to, like, be a music critic. That is, like, not... I'm not trying to do that. I don't... I don't, like, don't want to do that. And I, I still have this thing in my head from, like, one of these earlier episodes of, like, uh, the point, the most important thing, the most important thing is songwriting. For me. The most important thing for me is, like, becoming a better songwriter... Um, finding songs that resonate with me, finding different, different people's approaches to writing incredibly good songs, you know, the, whether that's like, you know, I'm still like, I'm still listening to Guided by Voices all the time. And like, uh, you know, I'm still like in awe of the genius of Robert Pollard. Uh, and Tobin's route and and also like constantly like I mean like I, I I measure like so many lyrical songwriting and musical experiences uh, also now by like thinking about David Berman um, you know I mean there's all of these genius songwriters but who are they're all my point is that they're all very different they're all very unique and they're all like connecting deeply to uh, some 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 esoteric uh, human emotion and magical power. And I want to find more of that. I don't. I don't. It's like I don't know. It's hard to find that. But like that's my that's my mission. Is like uh searching for that i want to find i want to find all of that i want to uh like i'm hunting i'm not a music critic i'm like hunting for something specific and and i don't need to hear everything to do that so like why do i want to hear everything i'm like not i don't know i don't know it's just this like this like bug that i can never totally shake 
And I want to like grapple with that in a way that isn't as overwhelming. You know, I want that to be manageable. I want that to kind of, uh, want that to be consistent and like, I don't know, sensible. Um, not like totally out of control. I want there to be a, an overall mission and working through that's sort of like, that's, you know, that's sort of like why I'm thinking about and looking at, uh, pop music. I've kind of always avoided pop music because I think like most, for the most part, I think pop music is satanic and I don't, I don't mean that ironically, even though I don't necessarily mean it literally. I think there's something, I think there's something, I think there are uh, very evil forces in a lot of those musical worlds. Um, of course, there's also a lot of incredibly beautiful pop music. One of the other things that I was looking at with, with like this kind of project was like, I was thinking about, I was thinking about how to kind of organize this uh, as like a long-term thing. Like what is the, what, and like, I don't know what, what could, like, I don't know if this is going to be interesting to listen to at all, but, like, what could make it more interesting? And one of the things I was thinking about was going through uh, billboard charts, going back to, like, 1950, and I think that could be, I mean, I found that really fun and interesting, um, and I think that could be uh, a useful organizing principle of those, but... I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Other than like doing like that, doing that. And then also I have this massive spreadsheet, but like part of it is like, you know, like so many of these, uh, I've like intentionally avoided all of this pop music, um, to like keep the demons away from me. But I am curious about like what they like are doing in terms of craft and stuff. Like, um, some of, some of Taylor Swift's stuff is, like, pretty, pretty interesting in certain ways, and, like, uh, trying to, like, even if I don't like it, I think there's something to be learned there, or, like, I don't, I don't know, it's, like, I'm not, like, I don't want to hear everything in order to learn to like it, or, uh, to come to like some to like understand it in some way like there's there's something more macro and like outside of the music itself that I'm like trying to figure out but I'm not entirely sure what it is yet or how to express that but um there's there's so many different like what are Slay Slayer lyrics like and the other thing, the other thing with this is like most, most people I think are not lyric listeners, but artists tell you so much about what they're trying to do in their lyrics. And a lot of, a lot of times what they're like bringing to that part of the field is really embarrassing and almost 
an afterthought. Like, I've seen that happen in real time. And I think, like, some of it is almost like that's where people really, like, show their ass is in how stupid their writing is. Stupid and bad. Like, not stupid and good. Um, and that, I don't, that, like, that's fascinating to me, too. Anyway, so I'm trying to, like, think... I'm trying to reframe my ignorance and to see my ignorance as a tool in this process rather than like trying to uh, teach myself a bunch of stuff, overcome that ignorance, bring my findings to the show. I'm trying to think of a way that I can just be stupid and like that's okay um and a way to like i'm also thinking about documenting that stupidity uh as as being like part of the project like my if like i have this huge sort of i don't know blind spot or just whatever you want to call it with like so much music and a lot of that is intentional and if i come at it in a like stupid but serious way like what what kind of what can i find in that zone what can i find um all right ignorance is a tool i want to hear everything i've avoided pop music how do i hear everything um how do i accomplish anything when i'm depressed practicing stupidity okay so being part of part of the experience of podcasting there's there's something like mindful about being dumb in this way where i have to be like i'm alone i'm not talking with someone else i'm this is very like diaristic but i'm like doing a sort of mental feedback thing with myself and i'm trying to be present I'm trying to be present in my thoughts and in what I'm saying, but I'm also trying to not overthink anything because I want to just say what I'm thinking and feeling. And I think for me, that's like a very difficult thing to do. In some ways, I think it's important to practice that because it kind of gets me out of my uh, self-critical zone. And... I'm thinking about, like, how can I be in the present moment with my own ignorance and with my, uh, not, not flushing that self-criticism out of me, but holding this contradiction of, um, kind of hating myself but also fully trying to be myself and be present with my thoughts and what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, I don't know. It's like a really weird uh, experience because part of it is like the pressure of being like, yeah, someone will maybe hear this is like t- definitely changes the, uh, the mental experience of doing this. Like the, it's like very, it's like super weird. Um, 
say yes to your ideas. Pop music is satanic. Uh, okay, so let me let me say more about what I'm actually thinking about doing. What if instead of listening to something, taking it all in, and then trying to trying to like analyze it, be critical of the, of the work, be critical of my own thoughts of the work, and then synthesize that back to you, rather than doing that, and rather than doing the extremely boring-ass shit of YouTube React videos, what if I try to deeply engage in the with pop music in the stupidest way that I could possibly think of, which is I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to read the lyrics. We're going to dive into like the very specific things going on within the lyrics. See what, if anything is there, uh, possibly talk shit about it or maybe, find some things that are surprising or maybe we'll see uh the way that it uh twists uh twists my like that it maybe it will surprise me in certain ways um and then once i've first like engaged with the lyrics of a piece then listening to it a bunch and um, coming back to it and thinking about the other aspects of it. I I think with like there's two there's two different there's two different things about lyrics that I have that I have to say here, which is like if you don't have good lyrics, I like and this I understand that this is me that, like, a lot of people don't engage with music in this way, but, like, if you don't have good lyrics, what is the point? What is the point of listening to it over and over again? If the lyrics are, like, if the lyrics get less interesting or if they kind of show their weakness or their holes or whatever, the more that you hear them, why would you want to listen to that music over and over again. If you have to tune out how stupid the lyrics are when you're listening to something, why would you continuously listen to it? Sometimes the lyrics can be, like, passable. Like, this is so embarrassing, but I've been listening to, like, a lot of Mac DeMarco the last couple of days, and a lot of his lyrics are just, like, they're passable, but they're like, they're like Muzak. They're like, they're the most like pointless, empty fluff. Um, but occasionally he does write stuff that is kind of interesting or good in some way. There's, you know, here's a song. It's just like, I love cigarettes. Like, I love this particular type of cigarette. This is a love song to... A, a cigarette brand. Um, 
I don't know. I think that's... I think that's fun. Um... You know, I think that's kind of, I think that's different. I, I, you know, especially like everybody knows smoking is like, like going to fucking kill you or whatever. Uh, but like still just like, yeah, I'm, I love this product. Uh, and doing it, doing it so, doing that like so, I don't know, earnestly and like, I don't know. Anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? Like, a, a lyric can be, like, passable, and then it's, like, not annoying, and you don't have to tune it out, but sometimes maybe you'll hear it and be like, ah, this is nothing. Or, like, the lyric will be, I mean, if the lyric is shitty, then it's, like, it does, it like, for me, it is, like, hard to listen to the music. Or if the lyrics, like, when lyrics are good, and they get better the more that you hear them, uh, then it's, like, like, that... That that is like so important to me, with like anything that is like really close to me. And if like if there if you don't have good lyrics, then like don't have lyric. Like you don't have to like lyrical. Like I I I love. I mean, my favorite shit is like Don Cab and like Hella and all of this like instrumental math rock bullshit. You know, like I that is like my favorite stuff. Or uh, you know, or like jazz like um there's you don't i like lyrics are not essential to the music experience the music listening experience for me but if they're there they gotta be kind of like they they i don't know they gotta be kind of good um the other thing is like the the lyrics that i love the most it isn't enough usually to just hear them over and over again. Usually I do have to like read them. Um, sometimes that's not the case, but like if, if I can, if I can see them without the context of the music and then bring back the context of the music and like, um, it, I can't fully, I usually can't fully appreciate what's going on between the lyrics and the music without reading or analyzing or thinking about the lyrics on their own. So like a week ago, um, Speak Now, Speak Now TV came out. Uh, where's the thing I need? Is this it? Is this it? Yes. So, Speak Now, Taylor Swift's album came out in 2010. She was 20? Like, almost 21? And, um, this whole, I don't know, like, I don't even... I'm one of the things I'm trying to do here is like actually not learn almost like try to avoid learning anything about anything like regarding like to 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 completely restrict myself to the text itself um so that I'm not influenced by the music and that I'm not so that I'm not influenced by like promo bullshit or like what other people think about it or anything 
just going only to the text. And I've heard so like I don't even like I don't want to talk about all this Taylor version Taylor's version bullshit. I don't want to like she like she is she is like in at at like I uh I have so many th- like there's so many things about her that I'm like that I like totally lose my shit over because like she there's she is sometimes a good songwriter. She's sometimes a good songwriter. There are certain things about her music that I think are really that I so, like some of it is really good. Uh some of the production is great. Max Martin, Jack Antonov, you know, I you know, I like I like what those guys do usually. Um sometimes Taylor can really do the whole vocalist melody thing really well. Sometimes it's so droning and like nothing. Um but I yeah, I mean I will say like I I think like part of her thing, uh part of her central problem, not only as a songwriter, but as a human being, is that she was a child star. I mean she was essentially a child star. Her parents are insanely rich and made her famous and there's all this crazy shit. And like she has grown up in a in a in an environment that is is totally outside anything like the world that you or I or any normal or reasonably normal human has ever known. And what like the 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 human experience that she is having is so removed from reality that she is incapable of empathizing in a normal way like so her lyrics are always devoid of a true a, like a true any any sort of true insight or empathy uh, regarding the experience of being human, of what it's like to be a normal person, of what it's like to fall in love in a normal way. All of her, like, falling in love bullshit has been, like, uh, colored by being famous. And if you have that experience as a person who's falling in love and you have, you also have this fucking thing in your head where you're like, I need to write a song about falling in love because that's what sells and I want people to like me and I need to make money. I want to make my parents happy. Like you have all of this like uh, psycho responsibility kind of shit going on in your head about like who you are and what you need to do. And so you want your romance to play out like a little fucking movie or whatever. So you can write about it. And like, like because of like, there's, because there's all of this insane shit going on uh, in her actual life, in the way that she is uh, socialized and like the way she's grown up and like all the people around her saying yes and coddling her and like all of this insane shit. It's like truly like she is, there is no one like who's had quite as an insane experience as a, as a famous person, as a famous child. Um, (coughs) It's like really insane. And it shows in her lyrics. There's just something deeply uncanny and wrong about a lot of her writing.
And yeah, I mean, like, you know, like all of this, like, like she, she, she does all of this like weird shit in her, her writing with like Easter eggs. And it's like, it's like, it's the same, it's like the same part of people's brains as the like QAnon shit. Uh, and I mean, I, I feel like, like that's what she does with like, uh, the, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, all the, I, there's, like, I don't even, like, want to get into all the Gaylor shit, but it's, like, all of this shit is, like, so, makes me feel, it, ma- it makes me feel completely insane. I So, I have some familiarity with some of these songs. Some of them, maybe I'll have some sort of memory as I go through them, but, like, basically, I don't. I don't know this stuff. And that that is like my other thing with this with be like that is that's part of my I want to be like I want to come to this as like a blank slate. Isn't that one of her songs? Blank space. Um I want I want my mind to be empty. I don't want to know what the promo spin is. I don't want to know like I don't know want to know her I don't want to know any artist's actual, like, bio. Um, I want to know the track list. And, like, maybe a little bit of the production credits. Um, For example, like, if the artist wrote the... Supposedly wrote the, you know... If they're credited as writing the, the lyrics, the music... Um, I think like maybe after doing some, some Swift stuff, I might do, I might do the list of like the most, uh, the most like are the best selling albums of all time. And yeah, like I was looking at Thriller and like, um, Michael Jackson, like only wrote a few songs on that album. Um, Anyway, um, one of the, one of the, I, I, I want to get like a kind of a big picture before I start diving into like more niche pop things. Um, because I want to like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think about this as, 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 uh, uh, research as data collection as like, um, one of my questions with all of this is like, what kinds of songs are there and what kinds of, uh what kinds of songs get popular? And most of that is like love songs, breakup songs, songs about fucking, um, often like drugs help. Um, drugs are like popular in songs. Sometimes like there's a sort of like brag song. Um, you know, like look at how much money I have or whatever. Um, and then there's like diss tracks, uh, you know, probably like, probably like songs about God. I don't know. But, uh, the, that, that's something I want to flesh out a little bit better too. So, okay. Speak now Taylor's version. 
all right, this is insane because I'm already like 50 minutes into this, and I haven't even I haven't I haven't even started talking about one of these tunes. I I don't know why I'm why am I so long winded and dumb? Why do I have to always? Why am I like this? It's uh, it's so fucking it's dumb. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to stop hating myself and being mean to myself for a little bit. Um, I, 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 I'm trying to exercise, I'm trying to get that out of me. Um, I'm not trying to f- like fuel it by doing, by doing this or by saying negative shit about myself. I'm trying to get it out. Uh, okay. Yeah. All the Taylor's version shit, like it's psycho. I don't know. All of it. I have a lot to I don't know. I, a lot of that, a lot of that shit is like just very, very bizarre and, and insane. Um, but also incredibly, incredibly smart. Wait, hold on. Sorry. I just got some really, really cute pictures of cows. Oh my God. They're so fucking cute. Look at those little fucking calves. That is on fucking real. Sweet baby cows. Sweet baby cows. Speak now, 2023 version. Basically the same track list, except there's some like bonus stuff at the end. And it seems like there's one, uh, like the original version like had a deluxe edition, but one of those songs is missing, uh, apparently. Uh, just like looking at the track listing, there's a song called from there's a song from 2010 on the deluxe edition called "If This Was a Movie," written by or produced produced by Taylor Swift and Martin Johnson. Don't know who that is, but uh, that one seems to be missing. Speak Now TV has like 20 22 tracks. 17 through 22 seem to be new, and it it's probably like some bullshit like. Yeah, like we wrote like or I wrote these uh I wrote these songs like back then and like I demoed them or like I had them in my little notebook and like I never we never got them produced. We never like finished making them, blah blah blah. But um they uh here I don't know. Um but they're like from that time, so we we thought we'd do them now. And like who knows if that's fucking true. But like that's I, I, I haven't read that. That's just like my guess. Um, so before I jump into this at all, and I guess I'll wait till next episode to actually like get into the songs themselves. But all of this, um, I want to try to guess. I want to try to guess what these are. I'm also like, I'm very surprised by how long these, these tunes are. Like we're talking three minutes, four minutes, four minutes, six minutes. Three, four, four, five, three, five, four, six. There's like nothing like. I don't even know if there's anything under three and a half minutes. Which, like, what are you doing? Why do you need a song that long? Uh, I, I mean, I, I love long songs, blah, blah, blah. Why does Taylor Swift need a, a song that's that long? I don't know. Track one is called Mine. Uh, which is probably like, you're mine. I love you. You're mine. Uh, number two, Sparks Fly. Here we go. Cla- another, I mean, most of these are just going to be love songs. 
three, back to December. My guess for back to December is like, it's, it's like a breakup song where like she gets dumped or like whatever. And then it's the winter and she's, she's sad and she's lonely, but then maybe she has like a Christmas fling or like a new year's fling. Uh, that's my guess. Uh, track four is called speak now, which is about, um, speak now is about leaving a voicemail. Um, you're, you're calling, you're calling your boyfriend to break up with him and it goes to voicemail and then it says, speak now. And you say, uh, I'm, uh, I'm break, I'm, uh, uh, you break up, you break up with him over voicemail and then you hang up and you immediately get a call, uh, from your boyfriend's mom that's, uh, and, and she's saying, um, your boyfriend died this morning. Uh, he got hit by an airplane. Um, number five is dear John. And this, I think I actually know what this one is about and I it's about John Mayer I think and I really don't like that song. Uh number 6 is called Mean which is uh uh about me in 2009 being so fucking mean to Taylor Swift. Uh I met her uh that's when she and I dated. 2009 and i was so fucking mean to her i was i was a total asshole to taylor swift in 2009 when we dated and i dumped her ass because she's not good enough for me number seven is the story of us pretty pretty I wonder, I wonder like, the, okay, so like that's going to be a love song, but it's probably going to be a little bit more like blah, blah, blah. We, uh, we met and then we had a crush on each other and then we're dating and then we're falling in love. And like, how are you going to end the story of us? Are you going to propose to me or am I going to have to leave you? Cause you're not cool enough to propose to me. Uh, number eight, never grow up. I think this is like a, you know, like when people write in your yearbook, like never change. I love you. So nice having a homeroom with you. Never change. Um, I think it's like probably going to be kind of like, no, or maybe it's, maybe it'll be like a Peter Pan, little prince. Never grow up. Yeah. I, I would, I would guess that's like, something something to do with like holding on to your your inner child in some way but we'll see um enchanted uh does she write like actually there were a couple of things on here that that felt like sort of fairy tale kind of things i feel like enchanted is going to be sort of like a fairy fairy tale style love song better than revenge I is gonna like that's gonna be some very very dumb kind of gross breakup song innocent I I don't know I don't know that could go like 
that could go multiple different gross directions. Haunted um, has to be um, whether it's like her being broke up, broken up with, or like the other pe- person be- being broken up with, and like uh, sort of like um, you're gone now. I'm haunted by your memory. That's like got to be what that what that is. Uh, Last Kiss is related to the title track, Speak Now, where she's writing about the last kiss that she got from her boyfriend before he got hit by the by that airplane. Rest in peace. Rest in, <laughs> Rest in peace, airplane boy. Um, long, yeah, long live. Long live. This is like, this is, this is love song with uh no noble characteristics this is like uh like a long live our love kind of like uh you know long live the queen but like long live like you and me baby uh let's grow old together um 15 hours um, our, uh, not as in time, but as in yours and mine, ours. Um, this one, I think, is like, you, you wake up in the morning, you wake up in the morning and you like, like, you like look, you look over at, you're in, you're in bed with the person you love and you look around and you're like, damn, I love you. This bed is ours. That's crazy. And then you get up and you like walk out of your bedroom and you see the dog, and you're like, damn, that dog is ours. That's so crazy. That's like ours. Look at like look at this life we're building together. This toothbrush, baby, that's ours. Damn. That's crazy. It's it's gonna be it, it, like uh, like a domestic love song you know you know like the classic sort of like domestic love song it's like feels very country like you know we don't we we got each other and we don't need a whole lot in this world what we got it's ours like uh, that truck that's ours this pair of jeans that's ours this beer that's ours uh this guitar that's ours <laughs> my pussy that's ours <laughs> <laughs> um, the next one is Superman and that's like a that's definitely like a Superman that hoe because it's like 2010 um, 17 electric touch so now we're into like the stuff that was not on the original speak now electric touch total just sex song um, that's featuring fallout boy wow uh, and now we're also into like it's no longer uh, Swift and Roe. Um, we are looking at songs produced by Swift and Aaron Dessner. And isn't Aaron Dessner um, Boney Vare? Isn't that the isn't that the band that Dessner's from? And didn't they didn't like didn't they have? I was like thinking about that album recent. Like, isn't isn't that uh, isn't one of those? Bon Iver albums called uh, For Emma Forever Ago because um, this song the second one from Swift and Desner on this is called When Emma Falls in Love so like same chick that's the same girl uh, damn, like I was thinking about that like 
that shit was crazy. Because, like, wasn't that, like, twee-ass indie folk, but with, like, auto-tune or something? I, like, don't know. I'm, like, so... I I love being ignorant about this stuff. And I'm so excited to be surprised and appalled over and over again by all of this cultural trash. Um, when Emma falls in love. So this is like definitely a lesbian song. I want you to I want you to follow me on Instagram and DM me um wh- whether you think Taylor Swift is um straight or bi or gay is she a lesbian is she pansexual is she sapiosexual um what do you (laughs) maybe i shouldn't say that never mind (laughs) what do you think do you think she pegged maddie healy track 19 i can see you this Swift and Jack Antonoff. And I am 100% sure that this song is going to be like a, like, you know how like all of Jack's production sound like it's on like a kind of like a fluffy little cloud. This is going to be like a, um, you know, boys of summer. Like, how does that, I can see you shining in the sun. She's got her hair pulled back and sun sunglasses on, baby. This is gonna be like kind of like a a, a permutation of that. Uh, it's gonna be basically Boys of Summer, but done in the but it's like a different song. It's not a cover. It's a different song, but a little bit like a little bit like ekphrastic, and it's gonna be a, a Jack Antonoff permutation of that via his fluffy cloud Bruce Springsteen approach. Um, Castles Crumbling with uh, Haley Williams from... She's from Paramore, right? Um, That's another Antonoff, Swift Antonoff production. Castles Crumbling. Yes, see, this is what I'm talking about. We got Enchanted, we got Long Live, we got Castles Crumbling. I think think this is... I think this is... Taylor Swift 2010 style with uh, nobility characteristics. I think that's like she had her um, she had her fancy ass pen out, her fancy ass quill pen out, writing her her little. I I I know more about Taylor Swift than I care to admit. Especially considering all the stuff that she told me while we were dating in 2009. It's fucking crazy. We're back to Swift and Desner with Foolish One. Which probably, I think there's going to be a twist there where it's like, you, you're so fuck, you're so dumb for not loving me the way that you should. I'm worth all of your love and more. You should have been loving me. You're foolish for not loving me so much. And then she finds out like, damn, he's cheating on her on her like fucking crazy. And then she's like, fuck, I guess I'm the foolish one. I guess I'm the foolish one here. Because like everybody knew that you were like, fucking everyone 
and I didn't even know. So I'm the fool. Fool me, fool me once. Shame, shame on, shame on, shame on George Bush. Shame, shame on you, George Bush. Been rereading Family of Secrets, which has been very fun. Very fun. Very fucked up family. Um, 22, timeless. Timeless. Our love is timeless. Okay, so that's... Uh, and then that's also an Antonoff, Swift Antonoff production. So that's what we got. That's what we're going to go through. We're going to go through all of these songs, all their lyrics, and we're going to see what we find. And most of it's going to be bad. Oh my God. I'm like so excited to check out all of these lyrics with you and figure And like, she's so like all of these songs, like she wrote all of these about women because Taylor, Taylor, because Taylor Swift is a lesbian. DM me Instagram. I'm Nora Nygaard X, Nora Nygaard X on pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. That's pretty much where you can find me. And uh, yeah, we'll start the next episode with mine. Oh, wow. There's a song called mine and a song called ours. I don't I don't, How do I end this? Oh, right. So like a couple weeks ago, I saw the Mario movie in theaters and I was incredibly incredibly inspired by it uh, I think that music is timeless and I'm I'm working on kind of like a new series about uh, the the Super Mario Brothers music and the history of the games and the and I'm going to analyze kind of like every every sort of freeze frame of of that film. Um I I want to have I want to have something going like this this kind of kind of like this listen hear hear everything ever ma- ever made this sort of lyrical project and then in between all of it fill out all of these other series of things that I want to do. I want to continue. I have a stack of d- books about disco and dance music that I'm um that I'm reading that I'm trying I'm trying to like get a get a better grasp on that all of that shit and eventually I'll do get back to doing that series um I yeah I mean all of this other stuff that I've started and I've forgotten all right that I've started and it maybe seems like I forgot like I haven't forgotten it eventually like uh I'll do I'll eventually I'll be dead but not for about 70 more years and uh anyway oh yes eventually eventually we'll talk about we will we'll talk about the bush family eventually and vampires um but i want to have something that's always kind of consistently happening and hopefully you're hearing this and that means that this experiment was at least moderately successful enough to like for me to like put it out or whatever uh and yeah i don't know hit hit me up say hi i'm freaking lonely and bored over here so uh yeah um 
website is noranygaard.com and you should hire me to record you, mix your project, edit your podcast, master your album. Um, I can do a lot of shit and I'm going broke. So hit me up. Um, all right. One love. I got that keen stage brain Right into the mainframe I cannot complain I got that game I got that game I take my game <clears throat> I take my game stage game Right into the mainframe I cannot complain I got that okay brain I got that little game I got I, I got that dumb game brain I take my game stage game right into the mainframe. I cannot complain. I got that dumb gay brain.